Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE and apparently a whole bunch of other things as well. I'm Aaron Benoit. I'm joined by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Hello. And Eric Silver. Happy to be on the podcast that's been described as uh, Baywatch, but on bicycles. (laughs) So what we're doing this week is we're looking back at two episodes of the USA Standard Pacific Blue that featured guest appearances from some of the biggest stars in wrestling at the time. If you're wondering about the fourth season of Pacific Blue, it's got four out of, uh, what is it, 4.3 out of five stars on Amazon.com with a four-star review from a verified purchaser that says, not as good as when it was, used to cone on TV. But Brett gives it five stars and says it's a perfect season. This show is a blast in my opinion. They all face crooked cops like Perry Marcus, whoever he is in real life. He does remind me of the 90s singer, Five for Fighting. Music in the show is perfect. How could I ever say no to this show? I love it. What the fuck? People who write Amazon reviews are the loneliest people, right? Yeah, but that's how, uh, I, expect, yeah. but that's how I expect a Pacific Blue fan to sound like. <laughs> uh yeah yeah i mean it this is uh i I mean i know this is usually bobby's purview but uh i did a little bit of research since it's not a spoiler for me with wrestling apparently like pacific blue was usa's highest rated drama when it was on you mean more than silk stockings I mean, also, Eric, keep in mind that USA's highest rated drama in 1999, 98 is a very low bar to clear. Like, true, true. Like our web series could have been the highest rated dramas on USA based on the amount of views they have on YouTube today. Like, oh, my God. Like, and it, I think it was it got something like two million views or some some stupid shit like that. Like, I can't even like. Watching this, I it hurt my brain in a lot of different ways. There's a lot, I have a lot of thoughts about all of this. Well, let's get right into them. We're starting with the season four, episode three, Seduced. Um, it opens on a party, and it's one of those like establishing shots on a show like this that would make me think, oh, these are criminals about to do crimes. But instead, these are cops at a bachelor party doing that thing that all guys like to do at a bachelor party, which is watch porn together. Holy shit. Yeah, I was like, this is that's something that you do when you're in like middle school or high school and you're having a sleepover. Like you maybe plan a night where you're like, we're going to watch porn. And then you realize very quickly it's a bad idea to watch porn together. And so one of the cops recognizes the girl uh, on Jailbait 3, which everyone is hooting for Jailbait 3 like they've watched 1 and 2 and are very, very anxious to see what Thanos does in the third one. Yeah, they're very cut up. And when he realizes that this is an underage girl, his other cop friend is not phased by this at all. Well, keep in mind, this guy has just finished his speech at the bachelor party the customary bachelor party speech um, with a stage dive. So I do think that everyone in this party is probably still reeling to some degree. 
Um, so I don't blame them for their delayed responses. There, there's a lot of things, right? There's a lot going on here. First of all, this episode focuses on Russ Granger. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, How do you know his his full name? Well, I have to, yeah, this is this is also something I want to get into because I had a lot of trouble from a uh, production standpoint processing how we were supposed to talk about th- these episodes because you know, as you know, I'm a completist and we're starting with episode 3 of on the 4th season. So clearly I'm very very lost. Well, hold on. And I was I can help <laughs> let me let me set the stage for you here. Because um, I do also feel like we should probably for the listeners. I know this. We dropped. We just you know jumped in like green berets, just landed down onto this in the middle of nowhere in a, in a war zone. We stage dived. In we stage dived into. But yeah. just so as we know, like it, this is Baywatch on bikes. This show, the tone of this show is impossible to nail down because sometimes <laughs> yes. it is a show that b- both wants to be sexy and about sex crimes, which two are two flavors that should not go together. Um, like, you don't see SVU also having, like, a fun, like, a uh, wet t-shirt B-plot. Like, the story engines here are from two completely different television programs. Um, yes. So everything about Pacific Blue is jarring as hell. No one makes sense or says a single thing that a human person would say to another person. <laughs> it yes. is like watching um, AI television make itself in real time. Like nobody here is an actor. They all of these people wish there was such a thing as Vanderpump Rules to be on instead of this, but this was pre-reality <laughs> TV. But if these guys had reality TV, they wouldn't even bother getting on the fucking bikes. Uh, it is just a wild show to watch, uh, and I have no idea, like you said, how I'm supposed to be feeling about any of these characters or anything that's happening. And and, and also, you know, for. For the it, you know we said it's Baywatch on bikes, but they're ostensibly they are the um, LAPD operating on the Santa Monica Pier. So their purview is you know the very famous Santa Monica Pier where they are bike cops, and I guess these are these are the adventures of bike cops. And I think the a lot of the sexiness is supposed to come from like the B-roll that they shoot of how sexy Santa Monica Pier is all the time. Like, it's just, it's a lot of, like, uh, you know, bathing suit shots, like, people just kind of hanging out on the grass and just, like, sunbathing, looking around, just general crowds. Well, I think Uh, the the two episodes that we watched had the same six bikini babe establishing (laughs) shots. (laughs) (laughs) Flawless season. It's a flawless season. <laughs> they they really kept under budget. They use the same B roll every time. Um, but also, uh, so Bobby described it as like AI writing itself in real time. I in my as I was trying to figure it out, to me, it's it felt more like somebody challenged themselves to write a standard porn but without any sex yes, scenes. Yes, yes. This is a porn where no one ever has sex in eventually. Right. Or when they do, yes. it's illegal. And you're like, I don't, this is not the, the this is not the train <laughs> I thought I bought a ticket for a second ago. But like every, every scene is definitely a scene that is like, that, that come, that is, that 
you get right before the actual fucking starts. Because, like, literally, scene by scene by scene, it's like, oh, we're about to watch, like, a, a sex... We're at a bachelor party. We're going to watch a sexy porn. And then it's like, oh, I'm a I'm a bicycle cop, and you want me to pose for your, for your like, photo shoot? Like, every single thing. Oh, I got a pizza, and, and I can't eat it all. Do you want to have some? Literally. Literally, every scene starts... From a porn uh, foundation. Um, And then the other thing is... What were you going to say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to move on to like how... uh, Like being unable to process. So if you want to finish your your point. Oh, no. I mean, I'm just going to keep piling on that same pile. (laughs) Yeah, pile, pile. Pile on. Who is this show for? Is it for (laughs) old people who like Law and Order? Or is it for young, sexy people on the beach? Who is watching this show? All I know, but you guys... Nathan and I kept watching after our two assigned episodes. Like we were like, I this is the perfect. It's it's what we needed to watch right now. But it is. I mean, the show is honestly, it's Dada. It's just like it's a whole new. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. I think I think it's like main demographic is people who fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> They've got to be on drugs because honestly, when we get in, like, we have to keep moving into this episode because we will be yes, here all day. Yes. But also because they're like, <laughs> the, as the how the plot develops on this episode specifically, anyone, any logic that's given, any explanation, any history that's given gets deeper and deeper in this spiral of nonsense that you can't, I, I can't even begin to pick apart. I can't even begin. Can, all right. Yeah. Shall we? I don't know, man. We I just, uh, well, I yeah. Have, so have we I, gotten I have, to the theme song? I have <laughs> to, one to, more. To, to, Oh, I have one on. more one more point of order question. Are we supposed to believe that this is like an elite squad of cops or are these like the cops were like just starting out and they have nothing else to do so they put them on bikes? They, well, you guys are you're not ready for a squad car yet. Let's start with the bikes first. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, according to Mario Lopez's YouTube food uh web series, they were an elite squad. That's what that's how he describes it. I think they added that though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah y'all just so, just so you know how far how far the rabbit hole goes i get texts from like 9 a.m this morning on until we started recording from bobby talking about mario lopez's youtube channel cooking show that he does with another cast member from this show guys russ granger so you know, i waited until nine to send you those texts <laughs> I, w- I had been watching it since like 6 a.m. this morning, smoking splits and being like, and just having my mind blown. So, no, no, Aaron, to answer your initial question, the reason why I knew that the that, that this episode is about Russ Granger is because I was really having a lot of trouble, like, figuring out how we were going to talk about this because I was going to be like, oh, well, the blonde one, but there's four blonde ones. Well, like, sh- there's no... This show also has They're more all- characters than The Wire. Yes. Yes. It's a uh, yeah, there there's just like eight, 18 different cops all running around, biking around in some cases. And I was just like, I don't know how to talk about any of these people. Like, is there there is Mario Lopez and then there's like skinny cop, there's like old cop who's <laughs> su- supposed to still be like a sex symbol. There's, there's se- like there's sex cop. S- there's sexy, pregnant. sexy con cop. There's pregnant cop. Yes. Pre- uh, yes, pregnant cop. There's, uh, oh, well, there's wait. like kind of stern cop. And then there's like the other one. 
cheerleader what's his face so and so the ugly the one ugly one um <laughs> guys watching pacific blue made, did make me wonder if anyone made any good art in the 90s <laughs> It's just a void of culture completely. Like, it seems like this is a very specific moment of time where all the fashion was bad, all the interior design was bad, all the architecture was bad, all the filmmaking was bad. <laughs> it just feels like, I don't know, were we like in a lost moment in time? Like, everything about Pacific Blue... <laughs> There was no, it was like it was like it existed in a world kind of like Pleasantville, but instead of Pleasantville being sort of like in color and wholesome, it was uh, sort of I don't know from like a closed down limited to warehouse, <laughs> just, a, just a bunch of barely blown up inflatable furniture. I mean, just just to to to, to we we kind of went through the bachelor party, but there's a few things that I thought were insane. Now I don't know if it was my internet connection or if it's the way that this is stored. No, but yes, some, <laughs> yeah, somehow, yeah, somehow the camcorder footage like that we see in the beginning is better than the actual footage of of reality as we know it. Like it was like it was like this was shot directly on on a VHS tape, like. I noticed that too. I was like, why is the frame rate so bad? I thought, I thought it was also my internet, but if it happened to you too, I think it just was Pacific Blue. We were like, fuck it. Just put it live. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Send it in. No one's watching this shit. They're asleep. They don't know. They're sleeping. <laughs> that's one of the, I think that's one of the visual reasons why, like, why it looked like it was going to be the beginning of a crime scene or something, because you're like, whoa, everything is like, everyone's on drugs. And you're like, no, 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 this is just how it's going to be. This is a show that not a single person cared about. No one who made it, <laughs> nobody who worked on it, nobody who advertised. Nobody who like, watched it for sure. It was like um, those scientists in the Ukraine that that like uh, thought that you should farberize the babies by letting them cry in an orphanage. That was this show. Just crying alone in a Ukrainian orphanage. That's what Pacific Blue is. Like even the, okay. First of all, why is, why does the guy who's, who's like throwing the party for the guy who's getting married, get up to give a speech? Like what, why is it, why is it all of a sudden Russ, like the, the, main focal point of this bachelor party when arguably the bachelor should be the bat the focal point like he and their their guy is just this like scummy dude who you cannot convince me in a thousand days has ever met anybody who will love him well like he's just this wait, like eric ugh. eric you can't tell me that you don't understand the idea of somebody who throws a party who needs to give a speech at every single party that he throws <laughs> I was going to say, that part That part uh, rang true. The stage dive for me is what really kind of put it over. Where I was like, oh, all yes, right, all yes. right, all right. The, the stage dive where when they let him up, it looks like he's been he's three feet off the ground. And they just, <laughs> like, he just, he did, like, a trust fall. Yeah. It wasn't exactly, like, they didn't hold him over their heads. They He jumped, and they caught him by their, like, belt buckles. And then just, like, <laughs> eased him back onto his feet. But he well, they all looks... held hands, wrist to wrist. Yeah. <laughs> He looks like such a scumbag and not knowing anything about this show, everything from his open collared shirt to his necklace just screamed, oh, this is going to be the villain of this episode to me. I thought you were going to say- Or he's oh. going to die. I thought you were going to say, oh, this is the person that Bobby definitely wants to have sex with the most. Oh, well, you want to have sex with everybody on this episode, right? Yeah, that I like. Literally, I turned it on and I was like, fuck, it's going to be one of those. Bro, when the porn to- director <laughs> shows up in his lace shirt. 
later this off. Was, oh my god! Well, the lace shirt with oh. that guy. Oh my god! I have so many notes better. The hot director villain. Um, okay, was, let 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 me do, let me do this. Okay, so the A story of this episode is about. Tell me the name again, Eric. Uh, Russ Granger. Russ Granger's um, quest to get this underage girl out of the world of porn. Okay. The, yes. The B story of this is about. Um, Playpen, which is a stand-in oh, for Monica, Playboy Met- Monica, and Monica's desire to get three other girls from her department to pl- pose for Playpen so they can each get $10,000 and her an extra $10,000. And then pregnant cop telling her boyfriend, who is he a cop also? Because I got serious cop vibes off of him, too. Yeah, he he. It was it. It's not in story, but in our world, yes, he's definitely a cop. <laughs> like, telling, telling, first of all, first of all, he said he's gonna take care of it. I'm like, what are you gonna personally abort the baby? I'm like, this guy's a cop. This guy is a definite fucking cop. Um. So that's just that's the story laid out. Now I think we just go. You just just go with whatever it is that you saw. All right, should we just, uh, I think, I mean, we should yeah, probably please. talk about Triple H, because I feel like that's where, he's early in the episode, <laughs> and I feel like that's why we're here. Oh, Triple oh, H... you mean Triple H, the wrestler, who is also apparently the bodyguard slash enforcer for a porn studio, but also, also is Triple H, the wrestler? And he's also, I guess, SAG eligible, because he's in the credits as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, not Paul Levesque. <laughs> yep. So yep. he's not even portraying a portrayal to portray. He is just, I guess, being himself, showing up on set. Um, <laughs> and they really make it hard to tell because when he shows up on screen, they're playing the DX theme music. He is wearing then, a DX shirt. And then a woman pulls up in... Oh, here's something that I wanted to make sure everybody noticed, um, that I noticed, and or I was very high, both probable. She shows up in a car, the license plate says hyphen, and then the numeral eight. So it's way on word. It just says hyphenate for what reason? None whatsoever. Ah. Why does her Why does her car have a vanity plate that says hyphenate? She's why a grammar no one... nerd. <laughs> Hyphen eight. And I was like, what? Is that like a I, I don't get it. So then she gets She's out of the keeping car. she's keeping her maiden name and her and her husband's name. <laughs> she is very independent. Uh but she shows up and she greets Triple H by giving him the suck it crotch chop which he returns with like and a good sucker to you good ma'am <laughs> yes <laughs> it is. yes and then, wait but then as part of the greeting ritual that is apparently what we all do in santa monica she struts over to him he picks her up over his head by her armpits and then <laughs> kisses her gently on the t- <laughs> on the tum tum <laughs> <laughs> It's so weird. It was like as if he was gonna give her a raspberry on her belly. It was such a weird thing for an adult to do to another adult they're seeing in public. It was honestly, <laughs> I cannot believe this didn't strike, strike you guys as nearly as much as it struck me. Because they both give each other that they they get out of the car. They both tell each other to suck it, and then he lifts her over his head like dirty dancing, but then just kisses her real gently on the tummy. It's, well, what a bizarre greeting! I think my mind was so blown from the scene before where the cop ignores all cop rules and the other cop tells him, you better hope that no neighbor was filming you with a camcorder. Wow, is that how we got justice back then? <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, yes. Fuck? Also, here's a question. These guys are friends forever, him and this girl in the porno. She is 16 currently. How old is he currently? 
Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Well, first of all, how did she the, get how did she get to LA? What was she trying to do? How old is she now? And how do they know each other? Like everything about this the makes way, no sense. The way he tells this story is like is it's 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 very similar to the way that like Paul Bearer tells the story. Uh no, that uh Undertaker and Paul Bearer tell that story back and forth of like what happened the night of the fire. Because yes, but behind the tombstone, he was waiting. <laughs> right. It's like it's like, oh, I know that girl. Like, uh, yeah, I, I knew I've known her growing up. And then he, at one point he says, I was there when she when she was taken home from the hospital <laughs> yeah. when she was born. I'm like, wait, so it wasn't enough that you just knew her as a kid. You knew her from the minute she was taken home from the hospital. I was there Who when she was in- conceived. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, I was there. Also, I well, actually, I was best friends with her brother. And then I saw her brother die of an overdose. Like, what is happening? How you convoluted realize... is your fucking story? And yet you're so close with her, but you didn't realize she's been missing for years? Like, what? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, what? Yes, oh my god, she's like my sister. I just haven't seen her in ten years since she ran away from home. And her mother thinks she's dead, by the way. By the way, also, her mother has a drinking problem. Like, what the fuck is happening in this family? And I like well, but- how they're like, I gotta find her. I gotta find her. So what I'll do, I know. I'll start with the place that sold the videotape. They probably <laughs> And then, I know, I'll find her old roommate. It's like, why don't you start with the studio and the people that worked with her directly? Why don't you call her mom first since you guys are so tight? Like, why don't you start there instead of being like, I know, I'll go where the video was purchased. But also, but also it says straight out that he is a bad cop. Like, he's bad at his job. His boss even says, I hope that maybe he'll bring some of this passion to his regular cop duties because he's such a bad cop most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I have, I have not seen him on a bike once yet. Uh, also, I think it's very funny that, like, he's got a real relationship with his porn dealer where, the, like, he goes he goes to the guy when he's while he's loading his porn goods. And the guy's like, hey, 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 do you like that tape I gave you? That's a pretty good tape, huh? I, like, I, I know your I know your taste. I know you'd like that. Yeah. Did you masturbate real good to that tape that I gave you? <laughs> Also, I like how he's just like, you're going to tell me. I'm just going to keep destroying these boxes in different ways. Am I'm going to knock this box down, and now I'm going to empty the box into a, into a receptacle. I'm going to gently put these video cassettes into this, gar- into this garbage can full of shredded soft paper. <laughs> it's like, okay. And I'm like being like, I don't know anything. Okay, I know the company that made it, but that's all I know. Okay, and here's their address. <laughs> But all I know, it's a P.O. box. Okay, but the P.O. box is registered to videos. <laughs> but that's all I know. Just give it up. Just give it all. You know what? We, we all know where the, I got places to be. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, the other names of the, the, the names of the, of the three porns they had to choose from were Deep Thrust, Jailbait 3, and... <laughs> As as good as it comes. <laughs> so then we get to the porn studio and we find out that there's only one more day left of shooting on Jailbait 4. How long have they been working on this movie? Well, it's like Richard Linklater. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. been five years of filming. 
uh, Jailbait Three. It, but they do it every it, seven years, like uh, like that old that documentary series. <laughs> but in normal porn, um, normal porn world, correct me if I'm wrong, they would be filming Jailbait Six through Twelve um, in the same day, in the same hour. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like um, that. Like the way they do porn is basically they shoot a bunch of it and then it gets released like like months to a year to maybe sometimes multiple years later. Like I have a friend who's in the industry and like there was a point where she was like, oh yeah, like I'm, I've kind of uh, stopped doing porn for a little while. And there were constantly new movies coming out with her. So I'm sure that, that there's a lot in the can, you know, not to, not to throw a pun in there. Of course, the 16 year old girl is living the high life of a porn star uh, that no one seems to verify. Uh, She's destroying her hair. Absolutely <laughs> destroying it. One thing I wanted, I, I, I noticed when, uh, when Russ goes on the set and he's, he's, he, you know, he busts into the set and triple H comes and gets him. Triple H threatens to murder him. He says, he says you could, he's going to leave in a body bag. Is this which before seems... or after he asked the director if he can sleep with two of the, the women? This is before. Okay. Before, yes, yeah, he, yeah, right. Oh, but was this, this is where the director is is going. Like, you need a nose job. You need to fix your hair. I'm like, one of these things is going to be done a lot quicker than one of the other things. <laughs> this is when the director takes an officer's gun away from him, unloads it, and just keeps it. Oh, they're basically just like tax funded mall cops, though, right? Because Santa Monica Piers is like one big Apple store, right? <laughs> Guys, who? Yeah, was... it's a it's a mall. It's a mall. Who was Johnny DiMarzio? Was he was he the boyfriend? He was of, the boyfriend, um, yeah. But what was his like? What was his deal supposed to be? He was the producer, right? I think, no, he was. I thought he was the guy. He, I thought he was the actor who like got her into porn with him. Oh, I thought he was like. A, I thought he was like the 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 the, the producer, like the the the, the kingpin oh. behind this empire. That- he might have been an actor. He might have owned a bar. He might have been working with Quentin Tarantino. Oh, also Quentin Tarantino, I feel like, was part of it. I love how I love how in the late nineties, whenever they bring up an actor, they're like, he was working with Quentin Tarantino at the time. To just oh, he's cool. (laughs) This is about in my notes where I just wrote, uh, this it feels like I'm watching a product photo shoot for a sexy cop Halloween costume come to life. (laughs) Sponsored by Adidas. Sponsored by Adidas. The track pants. Every, they all wear track pants. Not just this track a, pants. Every single piece of clothing and equipment that the police officers use has an Adidas logo on it. Um, I have a bit of trivia, actually. Apparently, the bikes that they had for that show were Trek bikes, and they were like they were outfitted so with such like like good shit. Like they had like really nice tires and all kinds of shit. The bikes by the end of the time were worth five thousand dollars each, which is probably why they only showed two bikes at a time. <laughs> Also, I have a, a fact to add to that, that it's a better fact, and it's a fact from the same Wikipedia page, <laughs> because I read that exact sentence that you wrote, uh, that you just said in that exact, with those words in that order, and the next sentence after that is what I want to talk about, where they just said, attributed to nothing, no attribution, no footnote, that this show influenced how actual bike cops dress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
next sentence after the one that Eric just read because I read the same Wikipedia page. But there's also there's zero zero attribution. There's no way of knowing if that's true. But someone had to go in and add to the Wikipedia page. This show made other bike cops wear short shorts. I don't know. Is that true? You guys, you know what? I, I was ready to believe that. You guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys. Remember when we decided to do this episode so that we would do like something without a lot of research to it? And the two of you guys just decided, like, I look like the awful student who did nothing except watch the episodes that were assigned. You're on their cooking page. Oh, you just had one bit of flair? Well, you could do the minimum. Wow. Well, I want to know though. I want I want that measured. I want to know if they did. Somebody <laughs> let us know. Did cops? Did cop uniforms get sexier after Pacific Blue aired? Is it because it was such a powerful tool of suggestions? Is it seeped into the minds of sleeping sergeants because they were asleep watching this? Is that why? Someone tell me. There's no footnote. There's nothing. Wikipedia. How do you let this stand? I was. I read that sentence over and over again, and it shocked me. <laughs> Also, fun fact, uh, Shanna Mochler, who plays the cop who is trying to get everybody into Playpen magazine, would, years later, in 2001, become the first model in Playboy where, with a belly button ring. So there's a little piece of trivia for you. 90s, kind of. 2001. Oh, yeah. Still technically the 90s. I, uh, I think in my research, I stumbled onto those pictures. Oh. Um. Yeah, that was – well, first of all, okay, well – Let's let's put a pin in the A plot <clears throat> before we go to the B plot because that's also insane. Like every aspect of this is, is insane. My also, this, epi- my... this episode is going to be longer than our WrestleMania episode, guys. Just buckle it in. Might, it might be. It might be, but also uh, this episode of television made me go. I don't agree with anybody saying anything. Like I don't agree with reasons. To, I don't agree with his reason with her reasons to do pornography, and I don't agree with his reasons not to do pornography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, there. My, my favorite is they run into the other porn star to ask her questions, and she just goes. Man, I wish somebody cared for me the way he does for her. I was like, what? I got dark. So dark. Um, uh, they also apparently decided they needed three scenes of the same argument between Russ and Molly, yeah. where he's just like, you can't do porn. What do you mean? I got to do porn. I can do porn. You can't do porn. And it was three times they had to revisit that shit. How about when he gave her the best argument, which is, you know what I used to love most about you? The way you'd look me in the eyes when you spoke to me. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? When she was a baby? When she came home from the hospital? Like, how old? That's what I mean. How old are you? How old are her? How come you love her? How much do you love her? You just watched her fuck on this video. Like, everything is so, like, the layers are so weird. What is their relationship? And also, you know we ain't never going to see Molly again on this show. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the fact that he doubles down on this relationship. I've never, like, I watch a lot of SVU, which, again, not anymore because all cops are bad. But uh, I used to watch a lot of SVU. And the thing is with SVU, they would never go this hard on a on a case. They'd never be like, I love this person. They're the most important person in my life. I've been there. I was there the moment they entered the existence. I saw them crown in their mother's vagina. Like they don't 
go with this. That's mark, how you know it's a lie. That person's going to disappear in the next episode. We're never going to see them again. <laughs> it's a procedural. So like, what? Um, this show. I mean, everybody. If you've got forty five minutes, man, sit down and watch this. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Yeah. No. It's. It's insane the way that they just they really needed to sell this. They're like, man, we need that. We need that. We need a, an airtight backstory. <laughs> like, where was she, like if he's so close to her? Where was he when she was born? <laughs> like, uh, um. Oh god. And then they all, and then she says she yeah. said her argument for doing porn is that she spent her entire life studying acting and dance. Her entire sixteen years 16, on this 16. earth. She's 16. I also want to just go back for a second to what you talked about, uh, Aaron, with um, Mario Lopez, where his initial reaction is like, well, like he's like, oh, yeah, no, that girl, that porn, she's 16 and she's a she's a girl. And he's like, well, she's not a girl anymore. And you're like, what the fuck? What the literally what the fuck? I know. He's like, she's underage. He's like, yeah, it's called jailbait. It's like, what kind of cop are you? What am I watching? Wait, does he does he think that like. That that his partner Russ Granger is like an extremely literal person, so he's just like he doesn't understand the difference between reality and like and fiction. Where it's like, yo, there were dinosaurs in that park. Why did they have a park with dinosaurs? That's so dangerous. And he's like, uh, dude, it is called Jurassic Park. Well, he let me tell you, the- after watching uh the guy who played Russ Granger, Jeff Stearns, and uh, Mario Lopez's real-life cooking show from only, like, two years ago. Like, it's not also from this time period. It's from, like, two years ago. Uh, they do both seem incredibly literal, and, like, they would make that mistake. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Costco is bomb, man. Oh, that, that If you have time, get into that as well. It's only 11 minutes an episode. Uh, Dad's but in the kitchen. It just, Dad's in the kitchen. It's great. <laughs> If you want to see Mario Lopez try repeatedly to ha- to recreate several Food Network uh, in- pieces of intellectual property, you'll love Two Dads <laughs> in the Kitchen as he tries My- to cook things for cheap, then tries to cook celebrity <laughs> recipes, then tries to sample foods around the world. I mean, he Aww. is just out there, just like, a five, six, seven, eight, please, you love me now, Food Network. It is... <laughs> Please give him that. It is so much. Sorry, and it's it's a perfect compliment to this show. You honestly should watch both Pacific Blue and and that YouTube show. Yeah, it's like apparently uh, he's got two cookbooks. By the way, he's put out cookbooks before. It's like Dark Side of the Moon and The Wizard of Oz. If you watch Pacific Blue and Mario Lopez cooking show at the same time, it syncs up perfectly. Thank you for joining us <coughs> on our Mario Lopez podcast, Saved by the Bell in a Cell Phone. <laughs> 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 All right. Um okay. So I'd like to I'd like to uh switch gears, eh? Bike joke. Um I'd like to switch gears and and talk about the action sequence um which is to me extremely insane. There is so they have this action sequence where essentially uh this production company that is extremely blasé about killing people and getting rid of their bodies. It's going to um, be a snuff film. It's like, "Whoa." <laughs> I can't believe how easily yeah. this came out of your mouth. <laughs> right, he's well, he's he's just so into the into the the industry jargon. Like, well, is it a snuff film or is it more like a docu a docudrama? I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll we'll see. But Cinema so verite. so yeah. <laughs> so 
they they're about to they're like you know they've drugged her and they're literally just i guess waiting for her to die when all the bike police show up and at one point um they like I, i guess like there's a car in their way and they ride up some like ramp that it happens to be very conveniently placed there so they can do a nice like what what would you call that like an ollie or something over the over the car and they land perfectly it's like night boat where there's always a canal <laughs> yeah i was going to say it was like it was like a bmx bandit from um that Mitchell and Webb look where it was just like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do a kickflip and, and kill the raw and, and, and kick the terrorists in the face. And then I'll, I'll ride my bike. And then the, the, you know, su- angel summoner is just like, or I could just summon a horde of angels to, to, to kill all of them. That is not a reference that I know. Me neither. Oh my God. You have to watch, you have to watch, uh, that Mitchell and Webb look is very, very funny. It's, it's from the guys who were in peep show. They had a, a sketch, um, a sketch show and one of their bits was like um like bmx bandit and angel summoner and it was like one guy rides a bike and the other one can summon a horde of angels <laughs> and it's like them fighting crime it's very funny uh, but yeah I, the, cr- oh, the criminals here want to do their best to thwart the bike cops like sorry we're on the roof it's like there's one thing you didn't reckon on this has one has a ramp <laughs> also the guy just literally shot somebody like even though like he he shot him like there was no danger of being shot at the guy was like at the edge of the roof and the cop the 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 old cop who's still supposed to be sexy somehow was like he just sees him and just like fucking takes him down shoots him so much that he goes through the skylight and oh, falls on his heart bed that was such a perfect ending I was like, of course, of course, lands perfectly like that. But I want to go back for a second because the of the eighteen cops in this unit who all need to have their own police uh, storyline. So I guess you would call it the J storyline um, of this episode. Uh, it'd be like the J or the K. Uh, is my favorite is the the bike cop that's undercover at the studio, and they're like, yes. "You're gonna have to give him a reason to trust you." Or whatever. I'm like, I'm sorry. The bike cop has to. You're telling. You're saying has to have sex with. The guy who's doing the uh, child pornography and murder? That can't possibly be how undercover work works. <laughs> like, surely that's not... That's what I mean. The show is like, oh, we're going to stop this child pornographer, but we're also going to have a wet t-shirt contest. And you're like, I don't like the signals you're sending. First of all, undercover cops receive, like, extensive training. They don't just, like, pull someone in and be like, you're going to go undercover today. Pull them off S- a bicycle. Second... <laughs> Second, they gave the only person of color on the entire um, entire roster of cops the job to suck the porn director's dick to get information. Ugh. Also, also, like their idea of what happens on a uh, at a at, like a porn set is that like everybody talks to each other in um in, in double entendre, right? It's every everything is a loaded statement. It's like. Well, you're just we're just gonna have to see how up for it you are. And it's just like most of the time they're just like, Hey, uh, his dick's getting soft. Can you get something for his dick? It's just got it's falling down, it's getting a little floppy. Like every you know, like in they they in every set they treat everything the same way. It's just like, okay, this we know this isn't like fucking we're not we're, none of us are, are are feeling sexy. We just have to make this shit happen. 
Okay, we've got a whole other episode to talk about here, guys. So I feel like we need to go to Triple H one more time before we get there, who assaults two female officers and Mario Lopez. And I believe it's when he does the slam on Mario Lopez where you can see the stunt double so cool. The stunt double has, like, gray hair. Like, it's so fucking funny. Uh, That might have been the next episode. I can't remember now. It was one of the two. But, man, um, some of that work is great. I think it was this Yeah, one. I mean it, it's also weird that they would like use that they would use Triple H to kind of put Mario Lopez over. Like it's like he's going to guest star and then Mario Lopez is going to be the one who like it who's able to like, you know, do a body slam with him and and basically like he he can give like Triple H a run for his money. And not not and Triple H the the actual wrestler yeah and cause, is cause, uh, like who is starring in this because he's not playing like Paul the bodyguard he's playing Triple H the wrestler in a Degeneration X shirt who cannot who can't who can't defeat a bike cop Ugh. so at the end Molly gets her uh, wholesome glow up and is sent on her way um. Was it Monica? It's a little more than I'm used to wearing. (laughs) Very, very self-conscious porn humor there from her. Monica is not going to be in playpen because she's apparently going to fuck some guy in in Hawaii. I don't understand how that worked. She, I guess she like, she basically, she fucked him to get the negatives to be like, well, I'll, I'll fuck you. And that way, if you just, I guess he works for the, for playpen. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, this is a this is an even trade. And uh, Sergeant Pregnant is going alone with her pregnancy uh, because Doug the Dick will not be there with her. And then the final shot with all the subtlety of the rat at the end of The Departed is a candle going out. Oh, I didn't even remember that. I did note, though, that I, th- I thought that Sarge gave Doug the Bigfoot treatment. She's just like, go, just get on out of here. No one likes you. Go. <laughs> All right. So then we watched another episode. <laughs> so then um, we went to episode eight, Heat in the Hole, guest starring Sable. Um, which starts with the slow motion turning on showers in the prison and women in prison toweling each other off. Ugh. yep yep uh again this is it's a it's a porn where they removed all the sex scenes it's the softest of cores <laughs> yes. but a pillow top core <laughs> i i call this pacific blue as the new black <laughs> pacific blue is the warmest color <laughs> oh that's a good one too but um in the, in this initial scene they're in the they're at there's a lot of stuff going on right there's like they're at there's women in showering in prison then there's also uh somebody in the infirmary keeping a uh an i guess an addict or somebody who's sick um and and basically apparently when you're sick you just keep saying i need my meds over and over and over you just shake and rock and cry and go i need my meds there i was, need my meds there was also a sign on the infirmary door that says no talking in the infirmary how are you going to get anyone's <laughs> medical information yeah uh it, it yeah also uh we get and and sable gets a lot more uh screen time 
than um than Triple H, right? Like she's in the she's in the cold open. She's like a major character giving I would say an Oscar worthy performance. Uh in her prison she, issue crop top and hot pants. Also with a belly piercing? Like who can have a how do you have a, a navel piercing in prison? Literally who does she think she something... is Shannon Mokler in 2001's Playboy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sable is Sable is just like a pink lady, right? Like she looks like one of the girls from Greece. She's got her scrunchie though, bitch. She is ready to go. All right, she will throw down. <laughs> She's got her signature long ass braid with scrunchie at the bottom. Never leaves home without it. And so, <clears throat> and so they they do like the prison count in order to make sure that everyone's where they're supposed to be. And it's not until they're counting all the women in the prison that they notice that there's a dead body <laughs> halfway out of one of the cells. Wait, are we counting the dead one? Does she count? Yes or no? Do we skip it? Because she's either fourteen or fifteen, depending on if we skip the dead one or not. <laughs> she's not officially dead if she can say her number. All right, so let's just let's give her a chance. I mean, technically, the body is just a husk, and the spirit has left. So, do we count that? Do we count that? <laughs> Fuck. And, and of course, so, again, officer... it should be said that that what we're mocking is the flippancy with which this show that glorifies cops is uh, treating badly uh, abuse and de- and murder in prison. Just to be, just so we're clear. Yeah. Right, don't they? Doesn't like the main uh, the the matron? Doesn't she say like, "Oh, guess we got some paperwork to fill out." Yeah. Blah. So, which blonde officer is it that's being asked to go undercover here? This is married married cop. Um, they call her her name is Chris. Um, I don't know what her last name is, but she's married to T C Calloway. <laughs> um, they got married, by the way. According, I don't know, Bobby. If we'll have a research off, they got married at the in the first episode of uh, season four. So they were they. She was part of, I think, like the earlier group of uh, of hot young cops. But then they became the older group, and they brought yes. in the new group of of rookie hot young cops to make it even younger. It's exactly. like when so season when, four. Oh, go ahead. And so it's like when uh, I'm, I'm doing my my ice cube or my ice tea now. So it's like when Stephanie took a back seat to CJ on Baywatch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or Degrassi: The Next Generation, where they did it once. Degrassi students have now all had children of their own, and so same way, these bike cops gave birth to this new set of bike cops, <laughs> and so they've known each other since the moment they've come home from the hospital. <laughs> They always look each other in the eye. So, I, um, okay. what were you going to say, Bobby? I, say, I have less notes on this one because I also might have been getting too high while watching this one. So I, I have less notes on this episode. Uh, Bobby, I will make up for you. Good. Uh, so we need a bike cop to go to prison undercover. That makes sense. And then uh, my favorite part is when TC goes, She's put 10 to 15 people behind bars there. Like, that seems like a very low number for a cop, right? Like, how many people have you put in prison in, in your career? 10 to 15? Well, when, like, when, is it, is it, well, when your purview was, like, rousting drunks off the beach. I was going to say, right. Like, I, I guess, like, it's just, it's the purse snatchers who go there. And then everyone else is <laughs> literally just gets a summons. Um. Oh yeah. Or like bad caricature artists. Uh. Let's see. She put away. Oh yeah. Also, 
if you have 10 to 15 people at a prison that you that you put away um it seems to me like it like it would make sense for you to like keep kind of a lower profile than than chris was doing like basically leading the resistance yeah <laughs> she was jean valjean <laughs> <laughs> join me brothers on the barricade <laughs> like you're you're everywhere. Nobody recognizes you in this in this fifteen person prison. Nobody has caught on with two guards. And I mean, could they have telegraphed that the two guards were the villain any more in the opening three minutes of this? Uh, it's two guards, and, and and they're not even coworkers. Like one of them is the is the other one's like superior. How fucked? How fucking annoying is that? <laughs> By the way, uh, we also get what I assume is a really is going to be a catchphrase for Pacific Blue, which is butts on bikes now. Yes. Okay, and so the uh, and so the B story of this is sexy cop is trying to fuck TC while married cop is in prison. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Which which for me gave birth to the Monica Harper do your job challenge, like. <laughs> Monica, when are you a bike cop? You're either you're either posing with like handcuffs or you're just like literally always off duty trying to fuck like one of your superior officers. By the way, at one point when she was like doing the the playpen thing, she was like, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt if some of my superiors saw my photos yes. and then, you know, when it came time to promote me, I'm like, "No, it would hurt. This is a terrible idea, Monica." What about when Monica is washing the car and then she's got her tits like pressed up completely on the yes. car, but there's nobody yes. inside the car to admire said tits. The person that she's trying to seduce is behind her. Also, no, I it's it's for, it's the viewer. It's the the camera person got that shot for the viewer. I want to be sure that we're clear here. She was washing the roof of a soft top car, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am ninety five percent positive. I feel like so we're starting to get like a little bit um, more three uh, D three dimensions to these characters. So uh, Monica is like the the scammy like sex cop, <laughs> right, and sure. I feel like <laughs> and and Billy Cruz is definitely the scumbag cop who like is just like all about whatever wherever he can get it. Like when when he's asked to go undercover as well as a prison guard at a women's prison, he's basically like I should be thanking you. I cannot wait to what the law would consider rape uh these inmates. Like this is going to be fun. Yeah, I have a lot uh, more th- notes. Th- I have a lot more notes on the B story of this than I do on the A story. I mean, I just, I, mean, I, I, well, I mean, I couldn't keep track of everything that Sable said in a voice that no human being has ever uttered words before. Wow. Oh, baby, you can protect and serve me all night long. I think everything you need to know about the way that Sable approaches acting and character um, would be when she tries to dance sexy, she rubs her tummy like a literal <laughs> Winnie the Pooh trying to get a honeypot. Like, she just literally rubs her belly like she, and pats her head at the same time. It's like she's trying to issue herself a challenge 
And she happens to be so sexy. She's like John Hamm on 30 Rock that she's like in a bubble where even if she does like dumb, <laughs> gross things, she's still somehow uncontrollably sexy. Yeah. Um, she also like, she, I was at one point I wrote in all caps, what is Sable's accent? Because it sounded like she was kind of doing prison Mike from the office. <laughs> like, it was just like, you know what they say about bees, darling. Only one to a hive. Is that what they say about bees? I thought, like, don't queen bees, like, give birth to, to like, future queen bees? I don't know what the fuck this means. Neither does she. Like, it, it's clear that she does not understand her motivation or the wor- what the words that she's been told to say mean in conjunction with each other because her voice just goes wherever it wants at any time. <laughs> But also, to be fair to Sable, the writing on this show doesn't make any sense no matter how she says it. Uh, I mean, we will be watching uh, more of these for other wrestling appearances, but guys, I gotta tell you, I think I'm gonna be watching more of these without wrestlers on them, too. (laughs) By the time we record our next one, Bobby's gonna have the same working knowledge of Pacific Blue that he does for 90s wrestling. There's, like, nothing out there. I tried really hard. I, I, you know, you guys know this about me. I think I mentioned on the pod before. I love a good oral history. I love a long read on the AV Club or Vulture or Entertainment Weekly where they sit down with the creators and behind-the-scenes people of a show from the 90s that had one and a half seasons, and they go in excruciating detail about every, like, facet of, of making it. And I want that for Pacific Blue so fucking badly. <laughs> Like I want. Well, I good want... news, Bobby, because uh, Mario Lopez is making a video like, with Jeff Stearns. I am gonna look, and if there is like a DVD bonus feature of making of, I will buy the fucking disc. <laughs> I will hunt them down because I need to know. I want to hold everyone accountable from the the lowest PA to the grip to the gaff. All the way up to like whoever is in charge of zoning in fucking uh, the b- 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 Santa Monica. I want everyone to answer for their part in this. <laughs> I have um, I have a question. It, I have a question. Go on. As um as Monica is trying to seduce TC, we get the scene where Monica is climbing the ladder, falls off while TC notices it from his apartment next door goes over to help and then pregnant cop sees tc carrying did they all live at melrose place do they have like the they same, the same apartment question. complex they, there was like that's wait, what it seemed like to me yes too? i think so <laughs> it's baywatch meets law and order meets melrose place oh, it, it's it's literally it's so bad i love okay it. i've I have to say, though, I laughed out loud when I watched her fall. That fall was funny. Like, she's she's just on her dresser, and then you just see her just fucking eat it. And I'm just like, what happened? And then, of course, he's running around with her, like, carrying her just through all their houses. It was awesome. Do you guys ever think about how there's, like, so many talented people and and women and people of color and queer people and who just, like, love to make television? And yet, four seasons. This show made 106 episodes. Five seasons. Five seasons, Bobby. Five seasons. 106 episodes, though. This show. That's crazy. 
That's syndication, baby. We're all like, wow, it's so hard to break into TV. You know how many shows never make it, but this is one of the ones that made it? (laughs) How is that fucking possible? How is that possible? Shocking. That's what I mean. Someone has to be laundering money through this. There's no other explanation. (laughs) Like, uh, That's why I want $5,000 bikes? What is happening? Also, though... This show was enormously popular, though, overseas. That is also true. It was hugely popular in France. Hugely popular. Which, I mean, like, it's crazy. Did they crazy. call it? You know what it was called, it? It, it, you know what it was called in France? Pacific Bleu. <laughs> God damn you. God damn you. Sorry. I heard you and I was like, I got it in. I got to get it in first. It's actually called a Royal Blue with cheese. <laughs> um... There, okay, so at one point, the, uh, Chief Matron Dexter, and I actually I looked this up, it turns out uh, Jail Matron is a real thing. Uh, like, like I was like, that. it's weird that her first name is Matron, but actually that's a term, I guess. <laughs> you didn't see Chicago? <laughs> Big Mama, ma, ma, Major, Major Mama Morton or whatever from, uh, from Chicago? No, I never saw that. You never no. saw Chicago? Bad Ally, man. Also Chicago, Oscar-winning yeah. film. Academy Award-winning Best yeah. Film. It's a great movie musical. One of the best. Featuring Richard times. Gere, who had gerbils up his ass the entire time. The Aristocrats. <laughs> um, no, so I, li- I like that. So Chief Matron Dexter has some sort of sexual relationship with Sable, uh, known as Brenda in this. And uh, at one point, Chief Matron Dexter goes to Brenda and goes, so what happened, Brenda? Why did like I you missed our appointment? And I'm like, how the fuck did Brenda miss any appointments? She's in jail. <laughs> you know where to find her. These women get to walk around wherever they want because with at the end when they're all like they all just like walk into the kitchen together for the confrontation or, or no 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 sorry. This is when um shit Eichner is threatening Audrey who married cop is taken under her wing all the women yes. just go charge into the kitchen together to confront him the animals the animals <laughs> to the cages full cages full okay <laughs> oh man we never even talked in the last episode we don't have to spend a lot of time but the music the songs when she, both when um we have the the stripping photo shoot montage and the uh, the car chase where it's just like not quite '90s alt rock. Well, I love. The oh, look! As song. as Brett put it, it's perfect. <laughs> I love the punk theme song too, because there's nothing more punk than cops on bikes. It's like, wait, what? What? Uh. Um. Okay, so then uh, one other one thing from uh, Monica trying to seduce TC when she goes, oh, uh, do you happen to have like $5? And he's like, oh, you just caught me out of the shower. And she's like, well, I guess I get to say I got into your pants. And then she's like, yeah, I got this whole deep dish with veggies, and I don't think I can eat it. Do you want some? And he goes, oh, my favorite. Like, could you imagine, like, what what fucking slab of nothing – thinks that a deep dish with veggies pizza in Santa Monica is their favorite fucking pizza. pizza. Or favorite food. Their favorite food. I clocked that too. I clocked that too. Uh, Oh, deep dish. My favorite. Deep dish with veggies? What? So you just want like a fucking, you want a cheese pie with veggies? What the fuck is wrong with you? Also, I really like when um, it's, it's, uh, as we know, when you're undercover, there's always that moment where you stumble on people 
who are saying specifically what they're doing as uh, as the crime. So they're like, come on, like we are moving pharmaceutical Demerol and Vicodin. We've got big screen TVs and three air conditioning units. Come on, this fence has to take them. And you're like, well, that that does it. We we know. Well, Mario Lopez was there because he was like, oh, I thought I was going to fill up this coffee in this unfinished sewer beneath the prison. And you're like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, okay. I can see why you'd think that. Sure. I also, I think it's the funniest fucking thing that these prison guards are basically stripping the prison for parts. (laughs) Like they're selling okay, like like selling high grade pharmaceuticals is one thing, but they took out the air conditioners. Yeah, for the copper wires, of course. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, like one of the guys is taking like a, a a um sledgehammer to the wall to strip the wiring. <laughs> like someone's gonna notice, right? See? Did we ever find out why they murdered that girl either? No. Nope. <laughs> she, knew nope. T- <laughs> she knew too much. <laughs> she went down. You know what? They really should move that coffee machine. <laughs> like, who is on the market buying prison TVs? Like, they are not buying the best TVs, I think. Like, oh, good. Hey, who wants this? uh, Do you want uh, a 15-inch cathode ray tube television? It's a Magnavox, dude. Guys, I am so Um. excited to watch more of these episodes with other wrestlers. (laughs) And I'm going to watch ones without wrestlers. I I just feel like I might watch this. I might go back to the beginning and start from the the beginning. (laughs) Well, at least so you can catch up. Uh all right. Uh, By the way, there's there's a prison gym. Like, there's a scene in the prison gym. And I don't know if you caught this, but there's just some old woman, like, just kind of swinging back and forth on a squat rack. Like, she's just, like, holding on to a thing, and you keep thinking that she's got to, like, she's holding on to the, the, um, the, I guess the squat rack bar that you put on. And she, you, you keep thinking she's going to take it off and put it on her shoulders, but she's just, she's just kind of, like, lightly swinging back and forth in the background <laughs> as, like, her exercise. Oh yeah, the 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 uh, the soft pans of of women's exercising on this one. Oh, they the also mold. they also nobody nobody wears a bra. I don't know if you noticed it, but very few people wear a bra. And prison issue is a white tank top that everyone sweats. That exposes through. your belly button. Well, of course. Otherwise, the belly button ring would get ca- caught on it. <laughs> It's a prison issue. They don't want any snags. <laughs> By the way, did you did you notice that one of the guard the guard who is um with who is trying to uh, rape Audrey at one point he threatens to put all of the prisoners in solitary, which is not how solitary works. Actually, <laughs> that's called group. <laughs> like like good on Sable for calling him out. She's like, "There's not enough room in solitary." I'm like, "Yes, because solitary is for one person." I'm gonna. If you don't get away, I'm gonna give you all a slumber party. <laughs> oh my god. Then the matron calls. Uh, when she's talking about Billy Cruz and pregnant and and married cop, she calls them 
Mr. Macho and the Ice Princess, which honestly would be another USA show. I think that got greenlighted that day. Oh. All right, guys. We call on this one. Oh, my God. Okay, just one last thing. Okay. Just one final thing. I'm sorry. That, like, I wrote so many notes. I put so much thought into this. Uh, no, please. I think it's very, very. I think it's very funny that the the prison guards' solution to killing undercover cops is to start a riot. Like they literally incite a riot where their guns are taken from them in the hopes that these two random people will be killed during it. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm done. Love us, disagree, want to. Put our butts on bikes. Make us all witnesses, even though we're in prison. Let us know. Sorry, that's another one. (laughs) Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Pod, or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slowpass. Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Myths by Disco Vietnam and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back again next week with another episode probably about Pacific Blue. Oh my god. Abolish all bike cops. I-